0: military veteran, entrepreneur, college professor, father of four, and your podcasting host, Dr. Aaron Bryant.
1: All right, we have recording. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you are listening and where you are in this world. You have tuned into another great show of drbryanspeaks.com. Our show was created to support military veterans and families out there in the world. However, based on the responses I am reading, it appears that our audience is growing rapidly into other avenues, such as law enforcement and community support organizations, which is wonderful. Welcome, everybody. Now, my name is Dr. Bryant. I am a military veteran, master life coach, entrepreneur, college professor, and your host. And I wanna thank our sponsor today, Savvy Strategic Alliance for Veteran Integration. This organization provides veteran programs to help you track your financial, emotional, physical, and mental progress post-separation. They are committed to giving you the VA benefits you deserve and helping you build a successful life after you transition out of the military. So please go to their website at SavvyVets.org. Now, if you are new to listening to this broadcast, I wanna say welcome and thank you for tuning in. I started this because being a veteran for many is no easy transition into being a civilian. However, it is not easy for family members either. So we need to collaborate and learn how we can support one another. And if you are returning listeners on any of my social media platforms at drbryanspeaks.com. So keep them coming. Now, speaking of shows, you may have already listened to one of the podcasts about small business and interview, interview we had with Michael Grabo. He was a former president of the Disabled Veteran Business Alliance. Well, if you enjoyed that show, and gained a lot of useful information, you're really going to enjoy my next guest. He is what I call a success story in his truest nature, but it did not happen overnight. I asked him to join us today because it won't be long before his company no longer qualifies to be a small business. My guest will share some useful information, tips, and experiences. So without further delay, the president of HSB Solutions, an Executive Vice President of Enterprise Networking Solutions, and my friend. Please say hello to the listeners,
0: Mr. Chad Hodges. Hey, thanks, Aaron. Appreciate um, you bringing right. me in today. This is fun, I'm excited. Hey, I'm more excited. In fact, you're probably my most
1: nervous guest I had because of the, our background. So I was like, I gotta make sure I do this right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man, it's all good all right so i know you're a busy man so i'm going to jump right in and ask about when you were an employee working for somebody else For those listeners who are trying to understand walk us through your mindset when you decided to do your own thing and more strategically collaborate with your current boss tell us about that
0: yeah you know for me i've always had sort of that entrepreneurial spirit right i mean i i much like yourself you know have always strive to do something better right and something greater especially when it when i started to have a family but that's that work ethic and that was instilled in me by my dad at a really young age right i i joke a lot i tell people about the first job i had where i actually had to pay taxes right i was a i was a paperboy right i was 11 years old and back then you had to be 12 I actually fibbed a little bit and said I was born in early a year earlier. So the joke I have is I'm always waiting for the IRS to come back and say, "Hey, we need that 37 cents for that year when you were 11, and you you should have paid us taxes, right?" So, um, but you know, it, it starts young, right? You start to realize that you have a certain desire to, you know, um, build something greater than yourself, right? And part of that being entrepreneurial isn't just about building a business and being successful, but it's about being constructive and giving back to your community as well, right? And in my community, growing up in Sacramento, um, giving back to my region, but also to my veteran community as, as a, a Marine Corps veteran and having served all over the world and then coming back to um, an environment that, uh, you know, we have veterans that are struggling every single day dealing with and coping with the things that they dealt with, um, you know, while in, in service. And so, you know, I, I, I have these two things that tug at me strongly, right? That I'm very passionate about outside of work, which are, you know, the veteran community and my own Sacramento, California community, right? And making sure that, you know, people that are disadvantaged or need assistance are, are getting it um, while also overcoming their own pride sometimes too. So I think, you know, my motivations are not just about making the money. It's about, you know, the, the money works itself out if you work hard but it's about what what can we do greater than ourselves right and, and make our community better right i mean between the, the few companies that i'm involved in um, in addition to the two you know IT companies that i'm that i work for, work in um, i also you know am, am involved in a restaurant i'm involved in an MMA gym right these other really cool things a couple of you know non, non-profits that i've been involved in both in technology and in veteran services right so it's just a really exciting thing. So when I endeavored to say, okay, I'm no longer going to be an employee of a company. Um, You know, I approached my business partner shortly after him making me a partner of his company and said, look, you know, there's new rules, new, new laws coming on the books here in California. We should really evaluate the idea of me starting a company that can make sure that other disabled veterans are represented properly and that we're able to um, be a contributing member of that community and and he agreed because he's a veteran himself, right? So it just really was an easy conversation. It wasn't something that we had to, you know, really, you know painstakingly figure out It was just more of we know this market needs it and we know that we can help and contribute So that was it was really that simple of a conversation for us.
1: Wow, that's amazing I now I did not know that your partner was a vet as well. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting now. Did he actually choose to? Um, leverage the small business and DBBE for his company? Or was that something he allowed you to do since you guys were already partners?
0: Yeah, it was It was something that we talked about. One, it would it would be self-serving for, for ENS in that um, we could ensure that we have the ability to access and tap into um, those requirements for bids that ENS might respond to. But big, bigger than that, the community at large, I, I've worked with integrators um, for the past decade Um, that need to fill that requirement and actually what they call a commercially useful function. And I think that's the misnomer that happens a lot and where the reputation starts to get a little sideways for people is, you know, these bigger companies don't get it. They don't understand why the state of California has requirements to do business with small business and DDVE companies in California. And so it's my, I feel like it's my responsibility to educate people on exactly how best to do that and why we do it and and what that cuff really means. CUF is the, the term commonly used, commercially useful function. Because I think a lot of these big companies more see it as a bureaucratic requirement and they just wanna figure out how to write a check and get you out of the way. But you know, my pride and my, my being a Marine and my work ethic, I like working for my dollar. And I think that's where the reputation sometimes gets sullied is, is people, you know get the idea that hey well maybe they'll just write me a check and that'll be I'll be the check box in their bid and we'll be good to go but I, I that's not my MO it's not the way I'm, I'm built and so um, I, I like to try to strive for better. And, and be better.
1: And I'm glad you taught, you said that, Chad, because actually in our other podcast, we talked about the CUS specifically, commercially useful function. And you also touched on something where sometimes people just check the boxes. And I remember the term called pastor. And that was actually, you know, as the organization was growing and it was becoming more popular and the state of California was early in the stages of doing this, we kind of saw that realistically so because of that a lot of critics started to be coming around and saying how this was a scam or they're just handing out opportunities to vets and there are some unfortunately who were being taken advantage of because they did not understand now based on your company and the structure that you work in you talked about the ethics of being a marine being a veteran how it's important for you to demonstrate tell us where what do you think about that and and the the rumors behind this where do you guys stand now
0: yeah, I appreciate that that feedback. Yeah, you hear that all the time that you know there's some sort of you know um, favoritism being shown to DVBs and, and and things of that nature. The predominant amount, uh, the, the the predominant group of, of DVBs that exist, and, and there's not a lot of them in California, but the ones that that are what I would say are, are the good ones are, are the ones that are really saying, listen, I'm trying to come to the table to work for my dollar, right? I'm not trying to come here with my handout, right? That that is never the intention. Of something like this, but what the program uh, that California established for both small businesses and DBBs uh, put together is it really established a a, an ability for us um, to at least be given um, a chance, right? A (laughs) shot at doing some good work for the state of California. We have a skill set, we have a work ethic, we have a drive, and and chances are our rates are obviously probably very good as well, right? So. Um, you know, you see DVBs up and down the state that fulfill all kinds of different functions. I mean, I happen to be an IT specialist and that's what I do, right? Personally, as, a, as, an in, uh, as an industry professional, I'm an engineer and a project manager by trade, right? So I've managed and, and implemented systems uh, across this country and across the world at all different you know, types of companies. So my experience is broad. Um, but my leadership ability and, my, and the things that I learned in the Marine Corps also you know, forced that work ethic that um, I wanna change that reputation. I don't want people to think that I've had companies approach me and say, hey, we just need to check the box. Can we just, you know, figure out what that percentage is and cut you a check? And I tell them no. And if that's the kind of partner you're looking for, I'm not the right one, right? Because I'm not gonna ever want a reputation that says, oh, I just, you know, sat there with my hand out," or that I checked a box and and I didn't really add, uh, you know, any value. It just came up two weeks ago. I had a partner on the East Coast who's never done business in California. They didn't know what a DVB requirement was. They reached out to DGS. DGS said, hey, here's a list, but hey, we also know Chad Hodges, you know, he'd be a good guy. He'll he'll tell you kind of the way of the world and how the, what this vehicle's about. So the contact at DGS gave him my name and I talked to him and I kind of walked him through it. And he goes, well, you know, I'm responding to a bid that really only requires, you know, two or three people. And I said, okay, that's great. I said, do you have a project manager assigned? And he said, well, no, and I I didn't think I really needed one. I go, yeah, you probably do because you need to make sure that there's proper reporting happening and the communication plan is established. Even if it's sort of a staffing contract, you want to make sure that you have an intermediary that understands state process and knows how to do reporting so that your invoicing doesn't get hung up, so that your project uh, expectations don't get uh, diminished. Um, I can help with that. I'm local. I'm, I, I, I'm able to, you know, establish that for you. And all of a sudden, the light bulb clicked. He's like, "Well, there's my commercially useful function. That's how I can make sure that I add value. The contract value, in the grand scheme of things, I think, if he's awarded, I think was like two hundred thousand. You know, so all he has to do is come up with three percent, right? So that's not a tremendous amount. It's like, you know. 30 to 40 hours over the span of a year, just to make sure that everything is smooth and that it goes well. And that you know, he I understand the state's invoicing process, so I can help him with that. So I can make sure we set proper expectations, develop a communication plan, and then check in every month to make sure that the work is being accomplished the way the state's expecting it to be, right? So, and his reputation looks good. My reputation maintains its uh, impeccable, you know, um, uh, ability and we move forward and this person gets to
1: expand into the state of California. It's a business. So for listeners out there, obviously you may be in another state and you're probably wondering how you could uh, expand your business in the state of California. Not to say that your own state may actually have something similar, so look into your own state, but also consider coming over to California where the opportunities are there. You heard uh, Chad mention DGS. In my other show, we talked about Department of General Services in depth, and we, had, we also discussed about their procurement process. But you also heard Chad mention project manager, contract, budgeting, invoicing. All of these are skill sets. So think about what your opportunities are. Think about if you're actually going into these fields, but the opportunities to contract is definitely open. The procurement process is not complicated, and you can definitely learn how to leverage what you are interested in in our state or your own. Now, Chad, I see on your social media that you attend a lot of different events and go to conferences all over the region, states, et cetera, and I admire that. Now, instead of waiting on the 3%,
0: When you are out there, you're actually beating the street. Talk about how important it is to network. Yeah, networking is key. Um, I think for me personally, I really enjoy the human experience, right? I, I like to get to know people just because I wanna know who they are. It's not for what I'm gonna get out of them. And I think that's the mindset that people need to change when it comes to networking networking has a lot of positive aspects to it right um, and if you are genuine and if you are um, really trying to expand what you're doing it's going to come across exactly that way and you're going to be uh, received really well it's why my network on linkedin is so extensive i mean i think i'm fast approaching 16 17 thousand folks right so um and that's simply because you know my my travels and in, in my industry are in you know this or the industry in it is is very intimate and, and we all know each other a lot you know with the different manufacturers and stuff um but, so the connection points are you know they always talk about six degrees of separation linkedin and social media make it like one or two degrees of separation quite <laughs> honestly right so very quickly you can start to figure out how to navigate let's say you're in sales and you're trying to figure out how to navigate an organization social media uh linkedin things of that nature those different platforms they're able to say you know they're able to give you a, an inside view to what exists and then you can simply start to figure out if you have connection points that get you into that account and then you can start to sell your wares sell your capabilities sell your you know uh, your your product whatever it has happens to be um but i also think it comes across from it. i like networking for uh, another reason um addition to you know obviously making our business very uh, very successful it also lets me grow right i think if we ever are so uh, um Myopic to believe that we know everything or that we've already lived a life and so we have all this experience and that we're not open to uh, Different ways of doing things that actually is the other big byproduct for me out of networking is Learning how other business owners are doing things or learning how my competition is working or learning how my customers Are broadening their horizons and what they've got going on. I really take a lot of pride in learning I want to learn more. I know there's always room for growth there's never, you know, the old adage, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I'm here to tell you I'm an old dog and I learn new tricks every week and I love it, right? So, um, you know, I used to be a young dog, I used to be a pup, and now I'm an old dog and I'm still learning stuff, right? So, you know, if you ever think that you can't learn, you need to, to have an open mind, an open heart, and be willing to, to believe that others may have a different way of doing things that might and, and it doesn't mean you have to make wholesale changes in who you are or your personality. It just means be open to the idea that there's other ways to do things um, that might be beneficial uh, to your growth. Yeah, I could actually vouch for him learning. It wasn't that long ago, I remember you got your
1: p I was impressed <laughs> by that, because I was like, why is he getting his BFP? He's already got a successful business. He's up and running. I mean, he could have easily hired somebody to do that. But yeah. I knowing you, you did that for your own personal gain, for your own insight. You didn't necessarily have to actually work as a project manager, but you wanted to have that uh, knowledge set. Am I right?
0: Yeah, you know, being in the Marine Corps, I actually already did a lot of project management and I just didn't know what it was called, right? I was already asked to do projects and I would get them done, not knowing that I was actually creating scope, schedules and budgets and doing that, right? So when I transitioned out um, and I went to work for MCI WorldCom, I was an engineer by trade and um, a very senior project manager approached me and said, hey, you know, because I built his project management platform for him um, and I did it in like two weeks and he was super impressed with that, but he asked me, know why do you seem to be so down or negative about you know me and my team you know why why does my team feel like you know you're you're bothered by us and i said well i'll be honest i always have this interpretation that project managers are just trying to cover their own butts right and i never really liked it so we we had a very open dialogue and conversation about um what the the role of a project manager is and and i went oh i'm already doing that myself like that's it was really eye-opening for me when he said that and then he mentored me and he he really gave me, um, uh, uh, his name was Mark Dockterman, guy still in our industry, he's a fantastic man. Um, he gave me a lot of insights and gave me the confidence to say, you know what, go get it. You know, I think you can get your PMP. And and so I went and did that and he was right. It just made me more well-rounded. It made me a better consultant. It made me a better engineer. Because now I was thinking ahead too, bigger than myself, right? Thinking about the the overall success criteria and what others might need to do as well so that I could coach and encourage them as well. Exactly. If you guys are interested in project
1: management, please go see PMI. They were the oversight that provides those certifications. However, that'll be another show.
0: I hope you enjoyed the show. Please visit Dr. Bryant's website, drbryantspeaks.com. Also visit his social media platforms Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube, all titled drbryantspeaks.com.